You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Perth. Welcome to another wonderful jam-packed show on 107 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got Hugh Best in the chair and I will be with you for the next two hours. It has just gone 10 o'clock here in Fremantle. Many thanks to Frank and Jerry for Celtic Ramblings. You can hear Celtic Ramblings on Radio Fremantle every Saturday morning and it is a show not to be missed. If you missed, if you did happen to miss anything on that show, you want to hear it again, you can always go to the Radio Fremantle homepage uh, at uh, www107.9 Radio Fremantle. Click the days, uh, shows tab, click the days and there it is. You just scroll on down to Saturday and bang, there it is. Big show, as I say, on this particular episode of Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. I am here on my own, and that's down to me being um, <laughs> not quite so... Um, yeah, anyway, I was under... Well, doesn't matter, I'm here, and I've got guest line up. Right? Today's show, we have the wonderful Perth Glory superfan, Mr Matthew Stacey, who's going to uh, recap us about the MV... M... M... MGP, Most Glorious Player Awards Night that was held by the Perth Glory a few weeks ago, plus the ongoing uh, saga there with not only the ownership but now with the coaching, um, with Mr uh, Zadkovic resigning. And we'll have to ask Matthew whether he was... uh, whether he resigned or was it the case of I resign, no you don't, that sort of thing. Um, After Matthew Stacey, we will have the... Wonder that is Tracy Wheeler, the former Matildas and Olympian and Football Australia Hall of Fame inductee goalkeeper to talk about the goalkeeping stocks, not only uh, in the women's game, because again, 
regular listeners to this show here of the World Football Programme will know that my thought process is I do not believe Gustafsson still has his mindset as to who is his number one goalkeeper. And that, I don't know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because we've got at least four world-class keepers to choose from. He will only be able to fit three into the Matilda squad. So one of those is going to miss out. Uh, will it be Tegan Micah? Will it be Lydia Williams? Will it be Perth's very own Mackenzie Arnold? Who knows? And I use that air quote there when I use Perth's very own Mackenzie Arnold because I know she yeah, she wasn't born here. Nor was Tracy, to be perfectly honest. But we'll get into Tracy's story um, when we have her on the phone. That's going to be around about uh, 10.35. In the second hour... We will have our new favourite uh, English reporter, Hayley Roach, who's going to talk to us about the upheaval that's happening in the Lionesses camp, which is good news for the rest of the world, particularly the Matildas, with the World Cup coming up. There's been a bit of um, rumblings uh, within that camp, particularly with the uh, last few friendlies before the 2023 World Cup kicks off here in New Zealand and Australia. So any disruption to their campaign is going to be good news for the rest of the world. I was just going to be parochial there and say for us, but for the rest of the world. And in the last part of the show, we will go through the uh, bit of local banter. We're going to touch on the, in case you uh, missed it, the match day five from the Condembol Coppers. I am currently injured and was lucky enough to sit down and basically, um, and I'll use my brother's favourite phrase here, spine bash for for the last uh, three days where I was able to watch uh, channel surfing, uh, three games from about half past 5am to about midday. Um, and that's three games per channel on the three channels of a particular uh, streaming service that will be uh, no longer on Foxtel, which is going to be disappointing for me because, yeah, I saw not only the Copa Libertadores but also the Copa Sudamerica and there were some shock results there. There were some groups decided. There are still some groups wide open, but we'll get into that one later. Before we get Matthew Stacey on the air, I would like to say a big thank you to our wonderful partners here at the World Football Programme, without whom we would not be able to be here on your radio every week. And they are Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition. Phone Greg Farrell. At your leisure to make sure that you can register your team in the biggest and best um, football competition, the Superliga here in Perth. Oz West Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom fence, front fencing, gates and gate automation project, manufacture and installs. And I know what you're saying out there. Just read it, Huey. Well, <laughs> surprisingly enough, I am and I'm still getting it wrong. And gate and fence hardware WA for all the hardware and parts to make your fence and gate project look. Get on, get ready there, Petty. Look schmicko. Yeah, if you want your gate and fence to look schmicko, get on to Gate and Fence Hardware. WA, that is there. You'll get that stuff from. So, as I say, flying solo. So there will be uh, a little bit of music content uh, on this particular episode of the World Football Programme. That'll be um, a surprise, surprise for nobody. But... That's okay. We've got plenty of content and you can always get in touch with us via our Facebook page. You can also restream us via uh, your streaming services. As I say to most people, I am a Spotify artist. Turn it up. 
Turn it up, Huey. Spotify. We're on Spotify. You can get us there as a podcast, and you can, wherever you get your podcast from, just look for 107.9 Radio Fremantle, the World Football Program. Plenty more to come. You keep it locked here on the World Football Program. 107.9 FM, your local station. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. the glory and we're singing because this story must be told we sing glory come on glory glory boys give us a goal our game's a great tradition let the future now unfold when the glory marches on glory glory birth Strike like lightning, on their goals we'll have a feast. Our defense will take all the blows of any from the east. You'll hear the crowd a roaring, and you'll know that we are one when the glory marches on. Glory, glory, best glory. WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. 
The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And you know I'm going to put that on whenever I get the opportunity. I love that uh, diction there. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And we had there the wonderful Steve Armstrong and his Come On Glory, Come On Glory. And I heard you singing in the background there, Matthew Stacey. Good morning. How are you today? Good. That's nice to hear, Matthew. So very, very nice for you to uh, take my phone call. We, I know we had a bit of uh, communication issues last time we tried to have you on, and that was down to me. It always is. Uh, Matt, the most glorious player awards night. I saw you were in your uh, finest regalia uh, and taking photos with the rich and famous. How was that night, mate? Well, it was a good night. It was especially one of the better ones I've done in a long time. It was more intermediate being where it was. Mm-hmm. And where, where was it held again, please? It was in on St George's Terrace, okay. so mm-hmm. one of the hotels there. Yep. But it's just a less corporate style event, even though it was mostly corporates. <laughs> yes. there, there, were more, there were more fans there than they've been in a long time. Do you think that might have been a... Uh, you know, a belated thank you for the uh, the hardcore fans that stuck around during those uh, troubled years when uh, somebody started sneezing overseas. No, it, plus it was cheap. Plus it was cheaper this year for <laughs> for people to go as well. well that's always yeah, and, and I often say that when. Um, uh, Decisions are made at a, at a corporate level, but at, at any sporting club, and I won't highlight a particular sporting club, but any sporting club, that uh, the fans and the, uh, you know, the, the bang for buck is often the last uh, thought process given. So that's good news that the Glory are actually uh, uh, engaging fan participation in that way. Yep, definitely. But I think the awards went to the right people. The only shame that the two people who won the top awards mm-hmm. weren't, weren't there at the night. And the two award winners were again, to uh, to remind our uh, listeners, please, Matthew? Beavers, and I can't remember the female women's one, uh, as if she's one of our H- Americans. Kira Hitson. Yes. Yeah, yep, the the American uh, number nine who, uh, again, t- t- took a little bit of a, uh, a, a betting in period, but once she hit her straps, I mean, she was, she, you know, was one of the more feared strikers of the league. I, I, I saw her more than a few times at Fortress uh, Massey, and quite frankly, <laughs> there weren't too many centre-backs that were going, oh, look, it's uh, it's it's a no worries, I've got her covered. Oh, my goodness, she was, uh, she was, yeah, hopefully she's back again next year. I think she will be. Mm, I've heard those rumours that uh, her... And I, again, you, you've got me on that one as well, Matthew. I don't have the, uh, her um, American counterpart name in front of me, the um, uh, the left-winger. She, um, th- I thought they came as a package, like, you know, you sign one, the other one's coming as well, which uh, yeah, they, they linked up quite, uh, quite surprisingly uh, well, which was good for us to see here uh, at the glory. Yes, definitely. Now, where was Mark Beavers? Was he, both of those uh, recipients were on holiday, yes? Yes, back in, uh, back in the UK, mm. he was visiting his old club. Oh, OK. He, uh, ex-Leeds, isn't he, Mark Beavers? Yeah. Well, yeah, B- B- he was being uh, involved with some sort of legend stuff over there. 
Okay, as he as he should, as he should. There's no two ways about that. And probably uh, uh, Kira was back in uh, in the US visiting family, which yeah, as she should as well. You know, you're over overseas playing and playing your trade. Um, you know, once the season finishes, yes, it's uh, all very well to be um, uh, to, to to stay around for the award ceremony. But yeah, as as is the case in in all aspects of life, family comes first. Would would you agree with that, Matthew? Yes, definitely. But. It was just weird having both of them yeah. not there. Yeah. So, um, for our listeners, who, who accepted the awards on their behalf? Were there? It was. Um, yeah. Tash. Tash for. Right. Yes. Yeah, and our captain. Two captains, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and did did Tash get uh, the the club person award again? Was, was did I read that correctly? Too far away. I can't remember exactly who won all the awards. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me do some homework here. Oh, come on, Matthew. That's why I've got the expert on. I, that, that, that's not for me. To, again, listeners to the 107.9 Radio Fremantle will go, oh, oh, hang on a minute. He has to do some... Uh, He's going to do some work. That's why I get guests on, so I don't have to do work. <laughs> I'll find that out while we continue to have our chat, Matthew. Matt, um, the ownership issues, which was why we were going to have you on uh, a couple of weeks ago. What can you, um, and again, the thoughts and opinion expressed on this particular show of 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme are the sole ex- thoughts and pro- processes of the authors and do not necessarily re- reflect the station, its members or its board. Matthew, what's going on there, the, the ownership there? Um, we know Mr Sage uh, on a few occasions has tried to sell the club, uh, most famously that, um, that cryptocurrency deal from a few years ago, which went belly up because they didn't have money. And I thought, well, surely, uh, Mr Sage, you would have known that when they went, here's cryptocurrency. It's not money, it's... <laughs> yeah, I found, I found that one to be rather odd as well. There's a lot more into this one than that has actually been sort of thing that is sort of well-known. It's more to do with, Sage, um, now we're meant to be given money from the government. Yeah. Conversation hasn't been given as as such yet, and obviously the bill's paying the bills, and Mm -hmm. he sort of had to hand the licence back over, but was still running the club. And obviously if he gets the licence, if he gets all the money back, he can pay the the league the money back. So he's sort of being forced out, but yeah. not forced, not forced out. And if if the people new owners come in, and he's hoping to still be involved with the club, but yeah, yeah no, but I, I don't honestly, I don't want him to go. I would prefer someone partnering up with him and getting someone fresh. And starting up because of he knows he knows the club. Yep. And we need we need a partnership rather than a solo person because a solo person can change the club oh, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they can. Yeah. And I reckon and I reckon we would go downhill if it wasn't a foreign investor. If it was an Australian person, I reckon we would go down a few steps before we go up again. That's an interesting comment you make there, Matthew, because I remember uh, not so uh, back in the in the past, foreign investment took over the um, Newcastle... Was it Newcastle Jets or the Gold Coast? And they mm. went 
they went nearly to the wall because the foreign investors went, yeah, thanks very much for allowing me to buy your club, but, you know, I, I don't want to put any money into it. And that's one of the, one of the worries I always have with foreign investment, that um, are they buying it as a, you know, look, I own a football club, or are they buying it to go, look, I own a football club, and now we're winning stuff? Then I have that with the local thing, especially names that are potentially going around or gone around, but I won't say the name. No, 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 please don't, because uh, it's still speculation and, and open for for you know, confirmation, so we don't need names and, and, and email addresses at this particular point in the stage. We're just uh, making a general discussion about uh, what's happening uh, with our club. Mm. But obviously, I prefer that Sage stays on as CEO, but we get investors to help help, help him out or partner. Yeah, yep. and I think that was um, his preferred model, that um, it's uh, an investment opportunity for somebody while he continues to, to be in, in the role of hands-on operations, which, uh, as you say, Matthew, that, that's got to be the best outcome for, for the club. Yes, especially as he knows the club and he knows the fans, and and he gets on well with a lot of the fans. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 no, exactly right. Uh, even though a lot of people, a lot of them hate him, but if they actually saw how much time he spent with spends with the fans mm. and actually goes out with the fans, and after the Glory Ball, he actually hung out with the Glory Shed fans yeah. who were there. Yep, no, I've I've been on the uh, the the, uh, the lucky side of that when I've been at the uh, the Brisbane Hotel on occasions, and uh, you look around the and like, crikey, <laughs> it's the owner of the club having uh, a beverage or, or or three with the likes of me, you know, and and those regular listeners who have actually seen me uh, in action would go, no one's going anywhere near you when you're on, <laughs> but yes, he he is genuinely. Uh, a Perth Glory fan, and, and that's what you want in, in an owner of, of anything. It, you know, it, I'd much rather a, a genuine fan with that uh, participation in mind than somebody who's going, here's money, what can I take from your club? And, uh, it, yeah, as, as I say, particularly to Arsenal fans, be careful what you wish for when all those um, Arsenal fans were going, Wenger out, Wenger out. Well, since Wenger, you've won, yeah, absolutely... When Wenger was there, you were winning the lot, and now those Wenger out uh, chants uh, are almost the opposite. Going, can we have uh, can we have someone like uh, Wenger back in? Although to be fair, the Arsenal season this year was was quite uh, quite impressive. They only missed out by a little bit. Uh, now the the coaching situation there, Matthew. Well, that's a that's a big surprise to me. Yeah, no. At the award, at the awards, mm-hmm. it looked like Ruben was staying. Yep. So it obviously happened between the awards and the announcement. Now I I did uh, speculate uh, before we got you on air. Was he? You know, the the, the press release was Ruben Zakovic has resigned, and they've accepted his resignation. And do you think it was a? Um, a resignation or a, uh, you know, if you don't quit, we'll... That sort of thing. No, I think it was a resignation. I think he's got, been given an opportunity Else? elsewhere. Ooh. Or another career path that he's decided to take. Oh, OK. Well, that's... I hadn't, I hadn't even gone down that path there, Matthew. That, that That's an interesting thought process because um, we saw when... Um, uh, and, and Aussie Ange, when he... When he left Australia, he went to uh, to Japan. We saw Musket take the same path, and then off to Europe. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe Ruben 
uh, has that same thought process. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I was listening to a podcast on the way in, and uh, Mark Milligan, who is the assistant coach at uh, Adelaide United, has also said the the same sort of thing that with Aussie Ange doing what he's been doing, it's opening up the pathways that um, it's no longer your passport that determines what job you get; it's your resume that determines what job you get. And, uh, you know, the, the, the likes of uh, Ange Postacoglu, particularly when he, he, he took the gig at, uh, at Celtic, you know, famously the Alan Brazil quote was Ange who and, and the Celtic fans were very unhappy uh, because they got a, a no-name. But, again, if I use the uh, Arsene Wenger uh, analogy again, he came from Japan as well. And when he was introduced to the Arsenal fans as their new manager, they went, who the hell is this guy? And, of course... You know, history proves that he was one of the greatest managers that club's ever had. It's going to be interesting to see who we get yes. as well for coach because of the candidates that they've put up and all that. They're all all good, but I want I wouldn't mind an international coach. Well, now come on now, an international coach like who? The, the special one? You reckon we can get Mourinho down here or what? I don't know. <laughs> Having a joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want us to go down the local route, like the get an MPL coach or someone like that. I want someone totally fresh. Why is that, Matthew? Just, we've done. We've gone that route with obviously Ruben and all, all the ones in the last few, and usually the international coach brings. Um, brings the fans in. We need a fan, someone who's good with the fans. And and one that I would actually bring into the mix, even though it might be a bit controversial, but I would bring in the women's coach, Alex. Uh, Alex Epakis. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, now, we won't go down that path because uh, I'm not 100% sure Alex um, is... It, it, well, I mean, he's contracted, and, and I'll leave it at that. Now, uh, Matthew, uh, you are going to the uh, the Shed Forum later on today. Can you tell us about what's happening there, please? Oh, it's just a commi- commi- committee meeting. Right. And so at the committee meeting, we're, we're going to uh, ex- explain to our, our listeners what would happen at the uh, Perth Brewery Shed Supporters Committee meeting. Oh, it's more just we'll be finishing off everything from tour, going through all our finance. Okay. Our finances and obviously setting a date for our AGM. Right. And is the AGM available only to Perth Glory Shed members or can anyone attend that? Anyone can attend, but then they have to become a Shed member. Sure. And they can do that on the day? Yes, they can. And the cost, of, cost of that one is how much on the night? I wouldn't have a clue at the <laughs> moment because... Throw him under the bus. We, because if we have to raise the prices sure. for the year, <laughs> that's right. like like anything. And I want to talk about the cup the cup game. Go for it. That that we've been taken away from it. the glory fans have been taken away from football Australia, who have actually missed the mark. They could have done it as a curtain raiser for the West Ham West Ham Tottenham game. We could have had a double header. Sorry, Matthew. Um, explain that again to me, please. What, 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 um, what, what, what game? The glory. The cup game's being taken to Darwin. Our qualifier game is gone to Darwin. 
Okay, now... And it's the same day as Tottenham, as the Tottenham game, West Ham game. So the Glory have only got a couple of days from playing West Ham, the thing, and then you think the players who have already brought tickets to see West Ham, <laughs> West Ham play, yeah. so they're not going to get to now see that game. They've got to play on that day in Darwin. Right. But... We're not the only team. The other team, the Melbourne Victory game, also have their game in Darwin, but the day before. Do you, do you think that... And, and again, I understand the, the, the thought process you, you're going down there, Matthew, but um, the, 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 the A-League are trying to make it a as the name suggests, an Australian league. And uh, we remember way back when, when the Perth Kangaroos were playing in the Singapore League, there was a team out of Darwin as well. And the Darwin uh, Football Association have, have long, such as the, the, the Tasmanian Egg Ball Association, have long lobbied to have a team based in Darwin. Do you think this could be one of the precursors of that happening? No. no? I, just think take, I, I just think they're taking a regional, having them in both neutral grounds. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a, that, that's a fair thing, though, because it, it, it is basically uh, winner-take-all qualification games, aren't they? Yes, but they were promised yep. the home team would get the home game. <laughs> yeah, well, we've seen the those... team that finished higher in the in the ladder. Yeah, would we'll finish would get the home game. We've so. seen, seen those promises broken before. Uh, you know, you, you, you you're the higher ranked team in the cup final, and you get to play at home. Oh wait, no, you don't. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, you've got to be super excited now. That, I mean, we were excited uh, initially when we saw the two teams that were uh, slated to play in Perth, Tottenham Hotspur and West Ham United. But now with uh, in the last week, the um, the news from both of those two clubs, uh, you know, if you haven't already got your ticket, I, I would suggest you're going to have a bit of a, uh, a struggle to get one now. Yeah, well, they were selling well anyway That's from right. beforehand. Yep. There was only a handful of tickets left, but it's definitely going to help the ticket sales. Oh, without a doubt. And, and for those that don't know, obviously, Aussie Ange, and uh, we, we spoke about this on this particular show, Pete, myself, uh, a while ago, that I thought um, that Tottenham were always going to be on the list, but I was, uh, you know, sort of uh, down the line of... Uh, and not to take the Tottenham job, to continue at Celtic and wait for uh, Pep Guardiola to win the Champions League, retire and Postacoglu to take over Man City. But obviously the stepping stones needed is that you need to prove yourself in the Premier League and I suppose that uh, that is that he's taken that Tottenham job, that's the stepping stone and success will then get him on to the uh, bigger and better things. Now, before we let you go, Matthew... Oh, and sorry uh, for um, <laughs> Sean. Uh, and West Ham won something <laughs> uh, on, on Wednesday. They, they actually won the uh, uh, European Europa Conference title against Fiorentina 2-1. And that was their first trophy since uh, 1981. They won the FA Cup. Now, Matt, before I let you go... Uh, do you know anything about this uh, fan representative group? Yes, I do, and I'm hoping to be part of it. Okay. Apart from some people on social media on the Glory page who are critical when you post stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, again, uh, yeah, the the written word doesn't have uh, sarcasm or, or intonations in it. You just read it as it is. So be careful when you do use social media, people, because uh, what you think is a joke could be seen by somebody on the other end as an insult. So be, be very careful there. So the Perth Glory Fans Representative Group aims to improve and increase fan engagement by ensuring that fan voices can be heard and considered in decision-making on key matters relating to the club and the league. The intention is for Glory's committee to feature a cross-section of the club's fan base for the Isuzu Ute A-League men and Liberty A-League women and is expected to meet a minimum of three times a year. The Perth Glory fan representative group forms part of a league-wide initiative to increase and improve fan engagement and communication. A chairperson will be elected from the Perth Glory representative, uh, Committee to represent the club in the newly formed League Fan Representative Group and minutes from the committee meetings will be shared between the clubs and the league and published on official channels. And you have until Friday the 23rd of this year to express interest. There is a portal on the Perth Glory uh, fan site. There's also a portal on the Perth Glory Facebook site. So if you are... Uh, interest and that's uh, thanks to Gareth Morgan our friend of the show Gareth Morgan um, who uh, put that out just yesterday I think it was yes yes yesterday. it was so again what uh, so you'll be going for the chairperson there Matthew mm, no not the chairperson <laughs> so <laughs> there, there you go so that's uh, a, a um, expression of interest mooted for the fan representative group. So you out there who are going, oh, I don't like this, and I think they should do that. What about... The... Here's your chance, you know. It has it has been done before. It has, but this one is a league-wide, so it's, it's not just going to be club by club and, you know, thanks for giving you your voice, but we don't have to act upon it. This is going to be a league-wide. So if the fan groups, say the, the, the RBB or the Cove or whatever they call the... the the, the two yahoos that uh, are based out of Melbourne. Um, if those fans go, we want this, the league needs to listen to that and then can, with a bit of authority, go to the clubs and go, this is what fans want, this is what you need to do. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping is actually going to happen. Well, again, it should do. We've seen that in uh, some of the bigger leagues. I know the EPL have that sort of thing, and I know the Championship in England also have uh, a, a league-wide fan representative group where there has been some serious issues that have been um, circumvented and, and improved by fans going, that's not on, get it sorted. Uh, one in particular was a, and I, and I, won't, uh, I won't name the club, but they played in, uh, in Perth not so long ago who just, because they got promoted, jacked up their uh, away ticket prices by almost double because they were now a big club in a big league. Well, the year before, they were a big club in a big league, but they got promoted. So therefore, they can fleece away fans by doubling the entrance fee for the same content. It was like, you've got to be kidding. And that fan forum went, no, no. And they didn't reduce it back to the season before prices, but, yeah, that uh, that doubling of the prices was uh, <laughs> was reduced because fans went, not on, son. Sort that out. And, and Gloria brought out for people renewing an email went out this week mm -hmm. for our memberships. Yep. And for where I sit, Gold Plus concession, quite happy with the price yep. of uh, just over $400 for the season. Brilliant. 
Well, and, and that's, again, that's as it should be because, you know, uh, we're all doing it tough. Uh, like I said, that um, that particular sneezing fit has made it tough for, for everyone. But, yeah, when a, when a club can actually keep, as we, as we said, keep fans' voices and, and thought processes and their finances in the forefront of their considerations, that's got to be good for everybody. It's good for the game. Yeah, and plus fans can't um, compare our membership prices to membership prices from the other A-League clubs because we all have different seating structures as well, categories. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying there, Matt, but it, it's the same product, though, yes? The same product, but obviously who they pay, some of them own the... The, how they get the grounds and all, what they actually have to pay, fork out the clubs have to fork out to what we have to fork out. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. <laughs> Matthew, on that note, I, I thank you very much for your time. And like I said, apologies for uh, uh, two weeks ago when communication issues uh, made it impossible for us to get you on. We love your input at this uh, particular show, the World Football Program here on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. You stay safe. Uh, make sure your voice is heard uh, today at the committee. And hopefully we will hear your voice on the Perth Glory Fans Representative Group. Well, hopefully, and hopefully you too. <laughs> Turn it up. They won't let me in the door. <laughs> you, you've heard me on the radio. Once I start talking, they're not going to let me stop. <laughs> Good on you, Matt. You uh, have a great day and uh, get yourself out to a game if you can. Okay, bye. Thank you. That was Matt. <laughs> That was Matthew Stacey, Perth Glory superfan. That was me pressing the buttons in the wrong order, so apologies to that, Matthew, and apologies to you, lovely listeners. It has just gone uh, 25 minutes to 11 a.m. here in Fremantle. We are endeavouring to get the superstar, that is Tracy Wheeler, on the line next, and she will talk to us about her football journey, which took her all the way to the 2000 Sydney Olympics as a goalkeeper. Plenty more to come. Don't you go anywhere. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh, don't relax, I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Now I believe he's gonna work me into the ground. I pull to the left, I keep to the right. I ought to kill him, but it wouldn't be right. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team 
9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. You think playing like a girl is easy? Let me show you what it takes. Playing like a girl is a hustle. Don't expect to be paid like Messi or Ronaldo. There's money in the women's game, but not much. Be ready to get an extra job or two. Playing like a girl means you have to be your biggest fan. Because the cameras won't always be focused on you. And if you want to catch their eye or even get a sponsor, people will tell you to use your looks. They may even tell you to listen to Set Bladder and wear tighter shorts to get a bigger audience. Playing like a girl means that when you get to the World Cup, you're armed to the teeth with nothing but resilience. You're not competing on an equal playing field because your field will make you bleed, burn, and bruise even more. And you take it like a girl. Playing like a girl means having thick skin. You'll be told that your game is boring, that you're not as skilled as the guys, and what you achieve won't be cause for celebration. But you have the satisfaction of knowing that a woman has outscored the likes of Neymar, Benzema, Suarez, and Ronaldinho. And when you play like a girl, you never let your guard down. You keep your eyes on the ball. Because though uncertainty rules your world, it doesn't rule you. Yeah, the odds are great. But since when do you back down from a challenge? You are fierce and prepared. You are ready to outrun the naysayers, the haters, and anyone who told you you're weak. Because you've got what it takes. Indeed you do. And joining us on the line now is the legend that is Tracy Wheeler, the former uh, West Australia, Australia Olympic and Hall of Fame inductee goalkeeper. Tracy, good morning. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. You? How are you? I am all the better to hear your wonderful voice. Tracy, for our lovely listeners who may not know the Tracy Wheeler story, can you start, please? Where, where was your start from? I know you're from not WA. Um, no, I grew up in Sydney yeah. and um, started playing in a boys' team when I was about eight or nine, mm-hmm. and um, yep, and ended up um, moving to Perth as a, a young adult, and um, and during that time, I you know, represented the Matildas at two World Cups and the Sydney Olympics. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, a couple of World Cups, couple of Olympics. It's just, <laughs> just you know, and like everyone can do that. Come on now, Tracy. <laughs> okay. uh, it's just a Brief overview. <laughs> <laughs> Just a brief overview. Those World Cups were the uh, the ninety seven World Cup. Is that is that right? Um, ninety five and ninety nine. Ninety five and ninety nine. Yeah. And, and some of the players that you were lucky enough to represent the Matilda with in those World Cups, who would we remember? Um, uh, Julie Murray. Julie Murray. Salisbury, yep. Um, Anissa Tan. Yep. Um, Alison Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alicia Ferguson, who you know now through a bit more through media, and Heather Garriock. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, just ha- Moya Dodd. Yeah. I know, just household names, aren't they? It's just, yeah, yeah. just rattling off. I mean, Julie Murray. And, uh, and 
and then when I was playing in New South Wales, just before I was picked for the Matilda squad, I got to play in the New South Wales team with Julie Dolan. Wow. Um, and against, against Sandra Brentnell. <laughs> she was playing for Western Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Oh that my was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, not uh, not that long ago, though, uh, Tracy. So, uh, Tracy, I, I spoke to you before we went to air. You've done some research. I was going to uh, have a chat to you about the the goalkeeping stocks because at the moment the um, the women's the Matildas in particular, we've got four goalkeepers uh, of world class, and uh, unfortunately, Gustafsson can only fit three into the squad. Um, someone's going to be disappointed by, you know, not through lack of talent, uh, but through lack of opportunity. How, how do you see that happening? I would, I would expect that the three will be um, Williams, Mackenzie Arnold, and um, Tegan Micah. Right. Um, and the, the real question, I think, really is, is who's going to be his number one keeper exactly out of those? Because right. I think he's, he's very lucky that he's got three that, you know, he can if they're fully fit, he could put either any of those three in and, you know, they will they will do as good a job as the other. Yep. So that's a very fortunate position to be in. It is. I don't think there's too many other um, squads that are coming to the World Cup later on this year that are in that position. As we saw, Tiga no. Micah had a sensational uh, Olympic campaign in Tokyo. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold's just tearing it up and, and, and Lydia Williams... Um, and it's probably only down to lack of first-team opportunities at, at the various clubs she's been to recently that uh, doesn't have her as the the number one. Uh, although whenever she, the squads are picked, she, she does take the number one uh, the number one jersey. Yeah, um, and and Tegan Micah as well. I don't think she's had a lot of game experience lately because mm. she's had some concussion issues. I oh, think. Oh, that's yes. So, that's... I, so I think that's what opened the door for Mackenzie Arnold and. Um, you know, for once she's really grabbed the opportunity. I think in the past she's, you know, she's had games here and there and she's been a bit disappointing for yes. the Matildas. And um, finally she's, um, you know, she's hitting the right form at the right time. So that's just great for the squad. Yeah, yep, yeah, that, that's true enough. Yeah, uh, um, I was having a chat with uh, <laughs> Penny, uh, Penny Hoth, Penny Tanner Hoth, who um, when uh, Tegan was in the goals for... The, uh, the Olympic and starting at the Olympics, I was uh, one of the, the, the naysayers that were going, like, why? You know, and it was, she's the future. And I went, yeah, but you've got Lydia Williams, who is world class. But as we, as yeah. we saw in that, uh, in that Olympic campaign, it was only through, um, well, I, I don't like to say it, but may, maybe a few iffy refereeing decisions that uh, didn't get us into... Um, into the gold medal uh, game that, that we all thought we were going to get to. And, and again, to, yeah. to, to, to come up against the, the might of the US and, and just miss out on, on the bronze was, was incredible. And that, that gave you the indication of exactly how strong that Olympic women's football campaign was that um, the US weren't in the gold medal, which, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, their storied history is that that was, for them, uh, a bit of a disappointing campaign. Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and also the other thing that came out of the Olympics was that Canada won the gold medal. Yep. And they're in our group. And they're in our group, so. yep. Yeah, no, I, I say that to everybody that uh, uh, hasn't got the earplugs in when they see me walk past, is that we've, we've, got, we've got the Olympic gold medalist playing in our backyard. And, yep. and that game, the, uh, the Canada-Island game, is likely to be uh, pivotal in where yeah. and how the Matildas progress in the in the competition, because 
you know, again, it's the Irish um, surprise and, and, and give the Canadians the the game that we all hope is going to be coming, that could be the one that has the Matildas finishing top of the table. Yeah, well, hopefully that, that's what they're aiming for. And and if not, it will all come down to the Canada-Matildas match in um, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Now, so, you, you, as I say, you, you've done some research and I went, you beauty, that's, uh, that's a word I'm not 100% <laughs> sure I understand the meaning of, but away you go. You're, one of the, the, the topics you wanted to talk about was the the... Uh, upcoming World Cup? Yeah, so, well, um, part of that with uh, FIFA rankings has just come out again in the last couple of days. Yep. And Australia are, are sitting steady on 10th. Yep. Um, USA is one, Germany two, Sweden three, England four, mm-hmm. Canada are seven, um, other teams in our group, Ireland are 22. Yep. And Nigeria are 40. That's right, yeah. So, uh, and again, yeah. when people go, oh, yeah, the children should just romp that in. No, no, all of those teams are in the top 40 of the world. It's like you, you anyone in the top 40, you, you don't take lightly because... No, they're, no. they're not there because they're they're, <laughs> they're easy beats. And, and the surprising one is that uh, England, uh, you said, are ranked fourth. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, they have beaten the US... Well, they won the Euros, they beat in the US and they beat Brazil in the uh, uh, Femalista uh, earlier on this year. So they've beaten the best in Europe, the reigning World Cup holders and the uh, reigning South American champions, yet yeah. yet are only and, fourth. And, and yet in the rankings they've still got Germany and Sweden from Europe ahead mm. of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I suppose it comes down to... Really, sometimes you need to play those teams that are ahead of you to, you know, get any chance of moving up the rankings. Yeah, and it's, it is a, it's a slow moving process as well. So. Yeah, and now, uh, do you think that the Matildas um, and I? Yeah, I mean, we're still in the top ten, so you know, if you're top ten in the world, you take that every every chance you get. Do you think they're and they've gone down a, a couple of pegs uh, in that ranking due to the fact that we've not had. Um, like actual qualification games because being the, the host nation along with New Zealand yeah, yeah, yeah. in that uh, World Cup cycle you, you're not playing games for you know high ranking yeah. FIFA points mm. having said that it just means that during the um, the, the FIFA windows we've, we've had the opportunity to play who we want to play yeah, and yeah. not have to play a whole load of Asian competition <laughs> yeah. against and, and none of the Asian teams um, are ranked any higher than Australia no, that's right. So, so that probably wouldn't have helped our rankings playing them anyway. And I think it's the... the Especially Jap- losing to any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it the Japanese that are the next highest rank? I think they're, what, 18, 17? No, I think they might be 12, but I'm not sure. I haven't Ooh. got that in front of me. But I think they might be 12. They're not far off. No, no. And, of course, but, um, the previous World I've, Cup I've winners. A, I've had a look at um, some of the group matches, mm-hmm. and there's only three group matches that include um, two top 10 teams playing against each other. So one of them is the Canada-Australia game, yep. which is our last group match. Um, also, early on in the tournament is USA versus Netherlands on the 27th of July, which yep. is a rematch of the last World Cup. Last final. World Cup, that's right, yep. Yep. And then the other one is um, France v Brazil on the 29th of 7th in Brisbane, wow. which I'm actually going to be there to see. Oh, I'll, you... be in Brisbane. I'll be in Brisbane to watch the um, Matildas... Nigeria match, which is a few days before that one. So, yeah. 
brilliant. Just drop that in. Well done. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Yes. I'm <laughs> yeah, doing well, a bit of travelling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Molly Appleton comes on, she's always reminding me of her uh, her World Cup tickets. And uh, yeah, uh, never mind. Uh, uh, we've got uh, yeah some some great games here in, in Perth as well. So uh, yeah, sure I'm get, still going to be managing to watch four out of the five games in Perth, even though I'll be travelling away a little bit. So yeah, very excited. Sensational. Now the 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 women's. Um, Super League, you, you wanted to talk about? Yeah, the, the MPL. Oh, the MPL. Sorry, my mistake. Sorry, yep. uh, I've got Hayley Roach coming on next, and she's going to talk about the Women's Super League. The, the MPL, go, go for it, please. So, yeah, so we're up to around ten this weekend, so almost halfway through the league. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an exciting game last night between Mum FC and NTC, which ended up um, being three all. Three all. Yeah, so it was nil all up until about the 60th minute, 61st minute, <laughs> then it ended up being 3 all. So, yeah, very exciting finish to that match. Yep, and um, uh, just before we go on, because I, I was yep. going to ask you about that game, we've got uh, games coming up th- this week is uh, Balcata versus Subiaco. These are all 3 o'clock kickoffs on yep. Sunday the 11th. That's at Grindleford Reserve. Curtin University will take on Fremantle City and Perth Red Star will take on Perth Soccer Club. And like I say, all of those are, are three p.m. kickoff on Sunday the 11th and you can watch those live and free on Streamer. Yeah, can... so the, the, the Perth Red Star, Perth FC one will be very important. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Perth FC really need to win that to um, have any chance of catching Red Star for the title. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, yep, the and they actually and they beat Red Star last weekend in the cup round. That's right, and they beat uh, again. My brain tends to forget because I uh, I sleep and reset. It was the uh, Perth Red Star Cup final, uh, Night Series Cup final. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And yep. And, and and Perth so won that one as well for their first um, yeah. first major title in the women's. Uh, the ladder yeah. has the NPLW. A at Perth Red Star. All game. Uh, most teams have played nine games. Uh, Perth Red Star nine games, seven wins, one loss uh, for twenty-two points. Perth Soccer Club, as you say, need the result uh, this weekend. Well, not necessarily, but it certainly will make a a, a bigger gap. Uh, they are on sixteen points. So, if Red Star do get the positive result there, that uh, increases that gap to yeah. ooh, uh-huh. what's that? Seven, eight. Oh, 11 nice. points. 11 points after 10 games. So that's uh, going to be a, a mountain to climb. Fremantle Soccer, uh, Fremantle City are in uh, third place. Uh, Mum FC with that win. No, Mum FC with that win. No, three all draws. So Mum FC would remain yeah, in fourth place on 16 yeah. points. So it'll be four, 14 now on 16. And of course, they played Hyundai. Exactly. I'm looking at that ladder doing my mental calculations, which, you know, maths not being my, uh, my main strong point. Yeah, that has. One, two, three, four, five teams on 16 points, all below Perth Red Star and Balcata in sixth place on 13 points. So very, very tight there for the, for the top four. And Balcata have got a game in hand as well. So that's if they right, they do that indeed. game in hand, yes. then they're up on 16 with everyone as well. And that's <laughs> against uh, Greg Farrell, Subiaco, uh, looking at that ladder. So uh, Subiaco on yes. six points and Curtin, unfortunately, uh, doing it very, very tough in, uh, in the women's uh, NPL. Uh, yet to record a victory, but uh, you know certainly uh, are improving week by week. Yeah, they are. They certainly they are improving, but um, you can't really see them being there next year. I don't think at this stage. Depending on what happens with you know promotion, if there's a, a team wanting to be promoted, that's 
um, fits enough of the criteria. Mm-hmm. Now, I discussed this with uh, Pete uh, Pete Skiller last time uh, the pair of us were on air uh, and uh, Tom Dolman about the... Um, yeah, the reward for effort or the reward for putting your hand up for Curtin Uni because they knew the task at, at, in hand when they said, yes, we'll jump into the expanded NPL, uh, but without really having the, the experience of and, and, and possibly the, uh, the, the talent in the squad to be a, a fully competitive side in that league. Yet their award appears to be, thank you very much, out you go. Whereas sides such as Hammersley, and I use Hammersley just because of their uh, recruitment policy, who had the opportunity, as did Curtin, when the expansion was uh, was first uh, asked for, who went, no, thank you, we'd much rather, you know, there's that pros and cons of do you reward, you know, taking that, 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 that big leap and say, well, you know, we can see you're improving, maybe, or do you... Uh, go down the path of, oh, I'm sorry, you finished bottom and the team that uh, finished top in the d- division below want to take your place. What's your thought on yeah. that one, Tracy? Well, what's really needed is, um, well, what Curtin really needed to do over these last three seasons is um, get a junior base. Yes, yes. As far as I'm aware, they haven't got that. And that's the thing, each, each year they're losing players, but they've got no juniors coming yeah. up to take yeah. their place. And and that's why and you know Ham, Hammersley have got some junior teams. And, yes, they do. And, and and I think the idea is any team that wants promotion and, and UWA a, a, a team that look like they could they could be promoted if they wanted to mm-hmm. is that they they need to have a big junior base because um, you just can't assume that players are going to flock to the club from somewhere else every year. Yep. For any of the players that you lose, you, you need that. You need to be developing your juniors and yes. moving them through your under twenty ones or under eighteens, and and they they become your your new MPLW play. Yeah, exactly right. When I was uh, <laughs> uh, available to have two working knees, I, I remember UWA in the um, in the top flight of women's football, and they were yeah, very yeah. competitive. Yeah, and and the juniors was was the basis of that uh, of that success you know, they um, they invested for one of a better phrase in, in the junior development which then progressed to that uh, that that pathway of you know stick with the club you see where you can end up yeah mm. yeah yeah exactly this they can see where they can end up so you know they don't need to go to another club to Ex- do that yep yep uh, Buck had a, have a, a similar thought process as well and I see uh, mm-hmm. Fremantle also have started to implement that as well by putting yeah. and uh, I've got a huge amount of juniors too so yeah they're, yeah they're in a very a very strong position for the future yeah, and with the likes of uh, Tash Rigby playing down there, I mean, you can see, you know, former uh, and only just former Matildas playing at your local park. You know, the captain of the Perth Glory is, you know, it, it, you can rock on down there and watch her play for free. It, it's like, well, yeah. c- can you find a better role model to, to, to inspire when, you know, not only is she in your club, she's helping you develop to become better than she, than she has been. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a marvelous yeah. thing. So some of those things yeah. there. Now, uh, Tracy, with the uh, the cup round last weekend, h- how did you see that go? Uh, uh, Perth SC beat Red Star. They yes, they did. Three one. Yep. Um, Fremantle beat Balcatta. Three one again. Yes. And uh, Hyundai. Sorry, I, I threw under the bus. NTC beat Subiaco. Yep. Four two. Yeah. Four two. Yep. 
And, and um, my MFC beat Hammersley 3-0. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got a result for that one because I was going to ask you about that. I thought with yeah, that, with that, with that yeah. Monday being that uh, <laughs> torrential day that it was, uh, that maybe that had been postponed. But that, that, oh, to play yeah, in no, that. We, we, <clears throat> we were sitting around Monday morning waiting to see if it was going to be postponed because one of our girls um, gets driven up from Bunbury. Oh, wow. So we wanted so we wanted to know early if it was going to be postponed. Oh, definitely. So she wouldn't be on her way. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, Particularly in that way. But, um, but also it would have been a nightmare to reschedule if it, if it hadn't been on. So um, we were glad that it did go ahead. And, and, you know, we got there. The pitch was actually really quite dry, surprisingly. surprisingly. But, um, you know, five minutes before kickoff, the weather blew in and there was a big <laughs> thunderstorm and lightning and everything. So the, the pitch did end up getting quite wet, and we actually moved to a, a different pitch that was just a bit drier for the game. <laughs> so and you, um, yeah, and the game was delayed for about half an hour because of thunder and lightning. But yeah, um, good move. From but the, yeah, during the match, it wasn't too bad. It was probably only about the last quarter of the match where it actually rained. So, yeah, the conditions weren't too bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> the conditions weren't too bad. That, that, that's the Sydney side when you coming through. The conditions were horrendous, Tracy. <laughs> well, from a coach's perspective, when we didn't have any dugouts or anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I say it's not too bad, it probably wasn't too bad. I suppose standing that, out there in it. Yeah, I suppose that the players uh, take that to heart. They think, well, we're in the middle of this, and, oh, look, there's the coach <laughs> as well, in the middle of it as well. So let, yeah. let's do the, the best we can. Oh, yep. my goodness. I, I didn't think there was any games there. Because we had um, a couple of games postponed in the um, Men's uh, Australia Cup uh, WA Round 6. Uh, Sorrento and Swan at Percy Door was postponed, uh, along with the Balcata and Fremantle game on the Wednesday. And that was down yeah. to, uh, to, to to pitch issues rather than, than anything else because of the, the, the downfall that we've had. Uh, yeah, we've had basically the, um, the four months average rainfall in the last... Basically weak. It's just oh my goodness. Yeah, we had a good hundred millimeters of rain last week. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and you know, and from our point of view at Murdoch, we're very lucky that we train and play on the right. on the synthetic pitch, and so it was was perfect last night. It was it was a little bit damp, so it was really quick. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no. yeah, it was a managed to play a quality game. Whereas if we had been on a grass pitch, it would have been pretty muddy, and there might have been you know a little bit of water on the pitch and. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been the same standard at all. No, I ask Penny this uh, regularly, as I do Tacky when we get the opportunity to, to, to speak to him. Do you feel that that uh, synthetic pitch is the the advantage that it it, it, it possibly could be for for Mum? Um, or, it, it or, should be. Yep, but I, I I I couldn't say that we win more games at home. I in fact, I probably are away records better than our home record. So I don't know why that would be. <laughs> no, that's, that's but um. But most most teams adapt pretty quickly to it, and you know, all of the teams in the NPL they they like to play the the ball on the ground. So I think most teams really enjoy playing on it. But the only thing I think with us is maybe because we train and play on it the whole time, we learn to defend staying on our feet a lot as well. So um, yeah, sort of, um, and also we. When we get tackled, we stay on our feet a lot as well. I, you know, one of the games we played recently, I reckon we could have got three penalties if we'd actually fallen down when we were kicked. Yeah. Whereas we tend to stay on our feet more, so we miss out on getting penalties that maybe we should have got. And um, we also, you know, aren't used to 
you know, any slide tackling or, or timing tackles where we're not on our feet because we, we're used to, you know, being on our feet all the time. Yeah, now... So, it, maybe, so maybe in some ways it's a bit of a disadvantage. I don't know. Yeah, I um, again putting on my referee's cap. That, that's one of the bugbears I have. That uh, a foul's a foul, regardless of whether the player goes to ground or you know throws the arms in the air and screams blue murder. A foul's a foul, and you know yes, you can play an advantage. Although, uh, again, my referee's cap says if you're in the penalty area, the, the advantage is the kick from the from the penalty mark. So why are you playing an advantage there? Um, yeah, it shouldn't be a case of a player going to ground to to have the referee go. Yep, that's a foul. The foul's there. You should be um, you should be awarding that foul. So uh, yeah. credit to your players for for having that um, that integrity of, of of staying on your feet and and continuing to to push the ball forward. But yeah, uh, the fact that you're playing on synthetic. And, and falling on that synthetic uh, surface. I, I used to play um, five-a-side up in Kalgoorlie on a synthetic pitch. You, you know, you, you go down on that uh, that pitch in the wrong fashion, it's going to hurt. Uh, and the fact that you need to stay on your feet shouldn't shouldn't stop the referee from, from blowing the whistle and going, yep, thank you very much, there's your there's your free kick. Oops, it's got to be from that particular spot there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a having, having said that, I've also been very happy with the standard of our refereeing this year so far in that, in recent years, I've felt there's been a lot of soft penalties, especially <laughs> for handballs, given away. Oh, don't start with the handball. And whereas that, I think they've been, they're, they're not, you know, they're not pulling up for handballs as much as they used to now. Because sometimes there's just this inadvertent ball bounces up and yep. hits someone's hand on out in the edge of the penalty area mm-hmm. where there's no one around. Yeah. And in, in the past, they'd be given a penalty for that. And that's, that's a match-changing cool. decision. Yep. yep. For, for an inadvertent handball that's had, you know, no impact on the match at all. Yeah, that, yeah. So they've, they've been letting those sorts of things go now, which is really good because it just ruins the match otherwise. Yep, and I don't... Regular listeners to the World Football Program will know I don't give FIFA too many uh, thumbs up, but, yeah, they're still trying to, to get that handball um, interpretation to a, a workable standard for, for the world. I mean, the language of FIFA is English, but you need to make that interpretation so that it can be translated into Chinese, so it can be translated into uh, yeah. Nigerian. And, and sometimes English has those words where when you translate it, it, it becomes a completely different word yeah. with a different meaning. It loses so, the meaning. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and handball, again, that's down to, to refereeing uh, and the, you know, the match the match control. If, if you... Like say, if it's nobody nearby, it, it's an inadvertent ball to hand. Where's the foul? Play on. But um, never mind. That, that's good. That's good that you've uh, given the the referees the, the the credit they deserve. They they often are on the end yeah. of. Um, mm. <laughs> I think they've I think they've generally just been letting the the play flow a little bit more this year, and mm. you know, not you know, in the past sometimes I think the women's footballers have been treated like netballers and you know Ooh, the, not, not by a, me Tracy a, a, a small amount of contact and they've pulled up fouls that they wouldn't pull up with the men yeah, so yeah. you know start treating us like you know the same as the men referees the same way that you referee the men and, and we'll be happy no that I um, uh, way back in my initial uh, journey as a referee for uh, female um, Premier League that, that was one of the co- uh, quotes that was given to me like you know I went be careful what you wish for because there's you know there's there's some Situations here on uh, on a Sunday, 
that I wouldn't put up with on a Saturday. And they went, well, just referee like you would on a Saturday. And I went, OK, be careful what you wish for. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it got, it got, yeah, I'm it, sure there's, yeah, there is an extreme version of that, isn't there? Well, there is, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, yeah, you know, a foul's a foul. It, it, that, that, that's all oh, I can yeah. say. You know, yeah. and, and if it's male, female, junior... Um, you know, foul's a foul. And, and again, getting back to the point you made about uh, penalties on a synthetic pitch, the fact that you don't fall over doesn't necessarily negate that there's been foul contact in that particular mm. area. Mm. Anything else where you'd like to have a chat to us about, uh, Tracy, before we let you go? I've got uh, Hayley um, Roach lined up. but uh, uh, Just really quickly, a couple of things to do with the it. World Cup. Yes, please. Um, there's a trophy tour going Ooh. on at the moment, and I've noticed that it will be in Perth from the 7th to the 10th of July, so that's something to keep an eye out for. Where, where, where um, about Tracy? Is I it... don't know. Ah. I've, only, I've only seen on the FIFA website that it's the 7th to the 10th of July, so I don't know anything more about that yet, but that's still about a month away, so got time to figure that out. Yep. Um, the town of Vincent has organised a big um, Women's World Cup mural that they're painting on an 80-metre wall. Wow. And I think it's somewhere near um, Dorian Garden, near Perth Soccer Club, but I don't know exactly where yet, but that will be next Saturday that that's happening, so keep an eye out for, for that as well. Good one. Okay. Uh, and 41 days to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's <laughs> been some um, some squad announcements, so if you stay tuned, I'm, I'm going to have a chat to mm. Hayley Roach about the uh, the turmoil that's gone on in the uh, the Lionesses camp about their, um, their squad and their um, uh, pre-tournament friendlies coming up. There's been some, yeah. Breaking news! So that, that's oh, okay. I'll yeah. have a listen for that. <laughs> Haley, you'll be all over it. I'm, I'm can yeah. guarantee. She's really good. I've really enjoyed listening to her lately. Oh, I got a treasure. I, you know, I've got to thank uh, Penny for for digging and digging and finding uh, content for us. Her. And and Haley, every time you go, Haley, what? A, she goes, Yep, love to. And um, yeah, she's she's a treasure. We, I I particularly love her uh, because she's mm. um, a Rotherham fan. So she's. <laughs> She knows the, the hassles of playing in the championship and, and it's not all, you know, we've got billions of dollars and we can sign, you know, the, the superstars of the world. She's a real fan. As as are you and as are most of our listeners here on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Tracy, thank you very much for taking my call. I really do appreciate your, your time today. You stay safe and I'd love to have a chat with you uh, sometime in the future if that's okay with you. Yep, sure. Thanks for having me, Hugh. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You bet I will. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Tracy Wheeler, the uh, Australian Matildas Olympian goalkeeper and the uh, Hall of Fa- Football Australia Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, what a great chat. As I say, I've got Hayley Roach lined up. She will be having a chat to us very, very shortly about more women's football, some English uh, leagues. We're going to talk about the uh, women's... European Cup final that you may or may not have missed between Barcelona and um, Wolfsburg. So as I say, plenty more to come. Stick with me. It is just gone 10 past 11 here in Fremantle. You're listening to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. And I'll get to press that button. Radio Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team 
on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station Sponsor Hey hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Indeed you are, and as I endeavoured to get Hayley Roach on the line, we will go to one of my favourites, the Gloryland CD release, World Cup USA 1994. She passed away just recently. I could not go past playing this one. It is Tina Turner. Rest in peace, Tina. Your memory, we'll listen to this every chance we get. This is simply the best.
thank you for indulging me in that. Thank you for all you Tina Turner fans. That was Tina Turner from the 1994 Gloryland CD, Simply the Best. Joining me on the air right now is, as I say, the superstar. That is Rotherham's number one ticket holder, Hayley Roach. Good <laughs> afternoon, Hayley. How are you today? <laughs> Hey, you! What an intro! I love it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not the number one ticket fan, they should be changing that right now. Who else? Who else is more hey, passionate? You, you know, the, uh, there's a very other famous uh, Robbie McNabb. Well, I say another famous. I don't put myself in that category. Yeah, yeah, she, but there is we, somebody who's an uber uber. Uh, football uh, celebrity, he is a class. He, he is Howard Webb, the famous uh, referee from the 2010 That's right. uh, FIFA World Cup uh, final. Um, uh, he, Howard Webb, he's also from my hometown. So is we're buddies right? and we're Miller's fans through and through. So not name dropping at all, but Rotherham is full of uh, footballing A listers. <laughs> now, Howard Webb, those that want to go all the way back to the 2010 World Cup, and I've got the uh, 2010 World Cup uh, CD here. I might uh, put one on from that one. Um, yeah, famously refereed that final uh, between yep. Spain and the Netherlands, and Netherlands. Fa- and famously decided that if I put my studs in the middle of your chest and try to do a heart palp- uh, a massage or leave a, a, a stud tattoo on your chest, that's okay. Um, yeah, he got uh, a little bit of a uh, slap on the wrist from the refereeing um, committee at FIFA for not sending off. Uh, yeah, so he's um, yeah most famously the the referee to give the most bookings ever oh, no, in the I mean, World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. And I actually sat next to his dad for, to watch that match. Oh, I was watching it, uh, it, those that know, in the carousel, they had, uh, it was one of the uh, experiments they had of putting it on 3D. So the mega screen at the carousel cinemas here in Perth had it in 3D. So we were all sitting there with our 3D glasses on going, this is brilliant. And like, you know, there was more than a few of us in the crowd going, oh, I felt that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was surprising because, uh, and again, uh, a bit like um, uh, Mr. Three Cards, uh, I don't want to ruin the game. I thought, well... Yeah, that's that's a good good thought process to have. But when somebody just basically kicks the living bejesus out of somebody, um, you know, the laws are the laws. But anyway, that's a different story. Howard Webb, he, surely they wouldn't give him the number one ticket. No, 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 done. Um, but but if he comes over to Australia, and um, uh, you know, you never know, we might be able to get him on the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to interview him because, yeah, he's uh, him and uh, uh, Kalina, one of the, uh, the the legends of the game and certainly Kalina, um, yeah. people that I uh, aspire to, to become. That's why I've got no hair now. I'm trying to be Pierre Luigi <laughs> Kalina. You're going into the Howard Webb Kalina. Yeah. Uh, modelling yourself on those. That's it. <laughs> those <Yep>. footballing legends. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> anyway, we, we haven't got you on to talk about uh, uh, old references su- such as myself. Who knew we were going to talk about hairstyles? <laughs> we can talk about hairstyles. <laughs> now, top knots on football players. You, you've got to get the scissors out for that, don't you? You know, that should be the referee going, let me check your boots, let me check your, your jewellery. <laughs> top knot, snip. No, sorry, mate, you're not wearing that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, so today, Hugh, I thought, um, you know, in, in true style, we need to kind of wrap up the Women's UEFA Champions League. Yes, we do. We pre- you previewed it on the show last week. It was um, Barcelona versus Wolfsburg in uh, PSV Eindhoven in the Netherlands for the, the first time they've hosted a match. Uh, it was sold out, as we know, yep. back in May. Yes, um, 
35,000 capacity and it was actually a stunning, stunning super day. Um, I did have to get back up at midnight to watch the, <laughs> watch the match um, and <laughs> I think I don't think I've recovered actually still from my disruptive night's sleep um, but it was well worth it. For anybody who did, like me, break their sleep in the middle of the night to tune in to what an amazing um, Champions League final. And just to put this in perspective, Hugh, um, the Champions League... Uh, is the ultimate platform for club football. Yes, and it is. Exactly the same as it is in the men's game, it is in the women's game. It's the highest club um, kind of trophy that you can win in Europe. And it is the best of the best. So Barcelona versus Wolfsburg. Barcelona went into that match as they're in the, that was their third final in yep. a row. That's fourth right. out of five, five seasons. Uh, they've only actually won it once. Yes. They beat Chelsea um, 4 0. Last year. Um, that was last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wolfsburg went into the game having only won it twice, but I think they've been in the final. Five times. Uh, about. Yeah, yeah, that, like was, that was their sixth appearance. And you yeah. think you think yourself, you, you, you've been in the, uh, like you say, the pinnacle of the women's game uh, six times. Yeah, yeah. 50%? Sorry, mate. No, no. Yeah, two times. Yeah, yeah their, their previous wins were, were back-to-back, to be fair. That was a, yeah. a powerhouse Wolfsburg team, uh, 20, yeah. uh, 2013 and 2014. Yeah, and, and again, Barcelona, that's basically the Spain national side, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, not, it's not only that, but it's full of international players from across, you know, across Europe. It really is. Um, but uh, what, a, what a match it was within three minutes, Wolfsburg. I mean... To be fair, Barcelona went into that match yep. certainly as the favourites, but within three minutes, yep. Wolfsburg scored the, uh, the opening goal and uh, it was a bit of a mistake from Lucy Bronze, I have to say, oh, no, on the edge of the area. Oh, no, I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, uh, yeah. P- Penny knows... Uh, the, the... You know the the crush I have on Lucy Bronze. Uh, you know she she is one of the best defenders in the yeah. world at the moment. And and I'm looking at that going that that's Lucy Bronze. What the, what's happened there? <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely the same. Um, she, yeah she just she lost the ball. She didn't uh, didn't you know deal with it. Um, and one nil up within three minutes. Pajar um, just scored a cracker. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, and then 37 minutes later, yep. of course, the, one of the world's best German international G- Germany players, superstar. Oh. What, a, what an absolute superstar. And you know what? I think if she'd have been playing in the um, European final, the, yep. the yep. UEFA Euro final last year against England at Wembley, uh, I, I think it could have been a, a completely different story. Yeah. So she pulled out in that match during... Uh, warm-up, uh, she got an injury and couldn't play in that final. So that was quite devastating for the Europe, the German team, yeah. but <laughs> I think very, very lucky for the England team. Who who knows what difference that she would have actually made yeah, and those, know, to that Those to that, that uh, remember, that, uh, Pop was battling injury all throughout that uh, European campaign. She came yeah. on, uh, I think she started in the semi-final, which, you know, again, you get to a semi-final of, of major continental tournaments. You know, how, how are you there, Alexandra? Oh, I'm about 70%. You're playing. <laughs> and, and I yeah. think that we'll w- take it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what uh, what made her uh, not be fit for the final. Which, as yeah, you say, the uh, that there was definitely. I'm, I'm pretty sure the likes of uh, Lucy Bronze would have gone. Oh, you mean yeah. she's not playing? You beauty. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so back to the women's yep. UEFA Champions final. Two nil. Two nil. Half time. Find themselves down at yep. half time. Yep. Um, I mean, to be to be fair, I don't. Thing. I think even watching it, 
I just always thought Barcelona were going to come back. They're just yeah. such a powerhouse of a team. I didn't see them settling for, you know, <laughs> for losing 2-0. Um, but, you know, they came out. I don't, again, who knows what was, what was said at halftime. Uh, probably one of the, the most inspirational team talks I would have imagined. Um, but they came out, and I think it was oh, within, like, um, two, like 15 minutes, I think, of the... Um, second half starting um patrici patrici guerrero probably not probably not pronounced that right um she scored two beautiful goals so it was within uh, by 50 minutes um you know we'd had uh it was two all yeah uh, and i don't think barcelona looked back wolfsburg were on the back foot um they, they were not coming back from that no um, guerrero got then, player of the match as well i mean she was yeah like i said first half you're thinking oh, okay like we know the, the talent that's stacked in that Barcelona side, but to that second yeah. half, she played basically yeah. 90, 90 minutes and 45. She just, yeah, ran herself yeah. into the ground. It was an yeah. incredible performance. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then, of course, the the story of the match, or I think one of the stories of the match, is Frio, Frio de Lina Rolfo yep. scored the winning goal um, for Barcelona this year, but actually she scored the winning goal for Wolfsburg against right. Barcelona to knock them out of the Champions League in 2020. That's right. So in, within three years, she scored the winning goal, but on both on the both separate uh, sides. That's, so, that's right. Um, and that was, you know, that was a defensive error by Wolfsburg. They failed to clear it, pinged, pinged off defenders. Uh, it was scrappy. Um, and you don't do that in Champions League final. Oh, no. no, 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 no. You know, you're going to get punished. And they did. So, uh, but I love the story. I love, uh, you know, Rolfo scoring the, the the winning goals for Wolfsburg, and then three years later for Barcelona. Um, so she's a, she's a bit of a bit of a legend. But um, uh, you know, I think they're both those both those teams powerhouses in European football. It was a great it was a great final. Barcelona deserved it. They've had an awesome season. Um, so it was a great way to end. Uh, the European Champions League, for sure. Yep, and for, for those that uh, uh, don't remember, uh, Barcelona were in Bayern Munich's group in uh, in in uh, Group D, and and both Bayern Munich and Barcelona didn't lose a game. Uh, they they both finished on fifteen points. They they just went. Oh, actually, no, they lost against each other, didn't they? They lost. Uh, Barcelona lost in Munich, and Bayern lost in Barcelona, wasn't it? Yes, I think it. Yes, yeah, I think it was. That's right. So yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, incredible yeah. to get there. And of course, in the semi-final, um, Arsenal got done by uh, by it Wolfsburg. Did. Yeah, and I that, thought they were going to turn that around, but they didn't. Yeah, that that was a heartbreaker. Uh, you know, it was. Yeah, would have loved to have seen a, an English team in an Arsenal in that in that final. And um, am, I, am I correct, and, uh, Haley? By by uh, maybe I, I misremember that the first. Uh, you, Champions League final was Arsenal Wolfsburg, was that right? Oh, that is. Uh, are you talking from two thousand and nine? Was I think, that I think, think so. Yeah, yeah. One was in. Uh, you could be right, but Arsenal have only ever won it once, so that could have been the time that they won it. Could have been. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Um, well, whilst we, uh, well, of course, still with the um, Champions League, we've got the men's Champions League final on this weekend. Yes, or as I like to call it, the Erlen Harlan uh, charity match. It is the Erlen Harlan, absolutely. <laughs> it is. I mean, there, there, there's no stop. I, 
I don't even know why we're even going to play this. <laughs> this <year>. But <laughs> that's got it. Man United, Man, sorry, Man United, Man City going to the treble. Uh, who sees anybody stopping stopping those? Yeah. Um, I, I certainly don't think Inter Milan are going to. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a great occasion, the final Champions League yep. in Istanbul. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful occasion. Um, and, you know, I do like to see um, uh, an English team win in win in Europe. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think it's got light blue all over. I like the uh, backhand slap that Noel, Gall- Noel Gallagher gave out uh, just the other day when he went, uh, yeah, it, we, it's going to be easier <laughs> or no, actually, say it's going to be harder to play Inter than it is to play Manchester United. I thought, oh, come on, mate, you know, be be, be a bit gracious there, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Noel Gallagher. I think he's, uh, he, he, <laughs> he gets away, he gets away with it. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, hey, no, you can't say that. Two fingers in the air, walking backwards. Go, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's the way that is. Um, and just following up, Hugh, just while I remember. Um, the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup Trophy Tour. Yes. It is in Perth. Yep. Um, it is the 7th till the 10th of July, but there are no more details other than that that are on the FIFA website no, right now. So no, it's we probably going to come out later on. Yeah, we discussed that. It's probably uh, going to be at least a couple of days, we think, uh, in uh, Forest Chase, um, under you know, lock and key, and then maybe um, to a, the host um, stadiums, one at Kingsway, one at... Uh, Oh, I forgot one of the others. Uh, but anyway, we'll, like I said, keep yourself posted to um, your um, medias and we'll find out exactly where that is. But, yeah, it's going to be here for a couple of days, which is good. We all get to see the wonderful trophy. Now, I've just done... Yes, definitely. And I've done a bit of research. Hold on to your hat. Oh, my goodness. You've What is going on? Oh, You've done some research? I've, I've done some research. Or what I like to say, I've clicked on the Wikipedia page. Uh, <laughs> That, that's not your single source of truth. We need to educate you. <laughs> Arsenal won the, um, and it was at that stage called the UEFA Women's Champions League in uh, 06 and 07. Yep. Yep. Okay, yes, because then it changed names and they restructured. That's um, right. Yeah, in, oh, crikey, two, just uh, very recently, actually. Yeah, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, 09, Turbine Potsdam. Ah, yes. Yeah, Yeah, Germany, um, they've just been leaders in the women's game for such a long time. Um, You know, and they're they're still up there. They're still producing, you know, great international players. And, you know, there is a reason that they're actually still ranked number two in the world. Um, You know, uh, on an international platform, um, they they are pretty phenomenal. So, um, but, uh, you know, we've got whether it's 40 days or 41 days. Yeah. That's only five Saturdays of your show left yes. before we actually kick off uh, the world's greatest um, female football tournament yep, I in know. the and, world and, ever. And, yep, this this country and I, as I say, New Zealand, our uh, neighbours across the ditch, they they know what's coming. They've hosted um, various yeah. lower uh, World Cups uh, at a you know men and female uh, junior levels, so they've got an idea of what's coming. But this country's got no idea. Yeah. You know, so I think probably, um, you know, uh, since the Sydney Olympics, maybe, this is probably, uh, I mean, uh, I know that, you know, we've hosted other stuff in between, but um, nah. Sydney Olympics in yep. 2000 was a, was a game changer, actually, in the way that major events um, were hosted. Um, they, they really did uh, change um, 
uh, just change the landscape, change the volunteer program, mm. change the focus for the athletes. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, this is going to be huge. Now, FIFA just released some more tickets. Yes, so they I did. think they released another 250,000 tickets across the tournament. Yep. So there are more tickets to, um, to get your hands on. Yep. And, you know, the thing that um, we really want to do is when these teams come to our stadium, mm. we want to give them the best welcome in the world so oh, yeah. that they perform the best and that they go home you know, with great memories of going, you know what, I played in Perth. What an amazing stadium. What an amazing atmosphere that, you know, everybody, um, you know, everybody turned out and just supported us. And um, and that's going to be really, really important uh, yeah. that, you know, that does make a difference to, to the players mm-hmm. and the atmosphere and in how this tournament will be perceived around the world uh, and how the players, you know, kind of just embrace it, love it, um, and all the rest of it. So you, I don't think we can underestimate how much that support in those stadiums, the flags, the colour, the noise, yeah. all that is really just going to put, you know, put this tournament on the map. Um, I think there's been some criticism, certainly yeah. in England, um, about the lack of publicity and promotion, um, either from FIFA or from host broadcasters or from the media around the build-up to this tournament. Um, and I think you mentioned it a couple of times that, that we, we spoke a few weeks ago. Um, and I said that once the teams get announced and as we get closer, yeah. of course, you know, more more activity will, um, you know, will come out. But uh, sadly, there just seems to be negative um, news coming out right now. So oh, they, even... Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, particularly in this country, because because the, the the round ball, they again, there's one count that says the round ball will eat itself. The other one says the round ball will eat everything, and the media in this particular country are, are doing everything they can to push forward negativity. Uh, like one of the the, the headlines I, I saw recently was of oh, the lack of. Um, um, a media deal in Europe. It's like, are you, yep. are you kidding? Like, all of Europe yep. are coming here. You, you're telling me oh, yep. England won't be playing World Cup games because FIFA want a, a bucket load of money. Well, FIFA always want a bucket load of money, and they always, always want a bucket load of money. They always yep. get a bucket load of money, whether that's in a paper bag or yeah. uh, <laughs> over the counter, allegedly. That's not cast aspersion. Alleg- allegedly. <laughs> you know, Sepp Blatter, allegedly. <laughs> and again, as I said at the beginning of the but show, yeah. they're, they're, they're the thought yeah, processes no, of the author, not not the station, not the board, not its uh, not its members. But uh, you know that, that's that's just rubbish. That is absolute rubbish. It uh, is, and there's so much positivity and so much great news around this tournament that yeah. we can focus on. Yeah. Um, and sadly, you know, the negative stuff yeah. rears its head. It gets above all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and not great. So, of course, the latest story coming out go. of England is the dispute around um, uh, when are the players going to be released exactly to be right. able to, yeah. you know, come to Australia. So, um, from what I can gather, the the FA, uh, I do love the FA. They do put <laughs> a lot of uh, money into research and, uh, you know, philosophy and the science around preparation yep. for their players. And they have invested in psychological um, research, physical research, and what will give their players the best possible preparation for this tournament. And they've invested in that. And, you know, I wonder how many other... I mean, I think the USA actually put a lot of... Oh, yes, they do. um, 
they put a lot into the into their preparation mentally and physically and they've probably got a lot of science behind uh, uh you know their strategy as well but uh, you know, England, uh, the FA, they want to give their players the best possible preparation and chance of winning this tournament. And you know, let's not let's not beat around the bush. That's the reason that they have invested all this energy and finance is because they believe that they want, uh, you know, their players to be best prepared. And, you know, they're saying that the scientific research points towards the players needing those extra four days from June the 19th to prepare. Yep. And FIFA have said, no, like, the window is uh, June the 23rd. Yep, June the 23rd and, and June yep. 29th. Yep, that's... And June 29th, And yep. the mandatory release date of July 10 remains in place for the for World Cup. So, you know, yep. you, you need to be, as a player, uh, released by the 10th to be in that, yep. in that, that squad. But, uh, yeah, again, the, the women's... Um, the Lionesses have been told that they won't feature in, a, in the, the World Cup friendlies if they don't commit to joining the preparation camp by June 19th. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. their, their, their warm-up games against Portugal on July the 1st. And they're saying that because of some of the players going, well, hang on a minute, like you, you, I've got one date here that I'm planning for. You've given me another date now that is come out of the blue. What's going on? And those players that are taking that um, that option of going, well, I'll, I'll stick with the original date, have now been told that they won't be playing in that first. Yeah. Uh, and there's only two. There's only two warm-up games. And they're going, well, you're going you're gonna to exclude me. And I'm in the in the squad from fifty yeah. percent of the warm up games. What sort of preparation yeah. is that? Yeah, no, it's it's absolute absolute madness. Um, <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds, really, uh, because I think it, it could be uh, it could be quite precedent. It could be set a precedent. Well, um, they're talking about cancelling the Portugal game, and, and yes, they uh, are. And yeah. again, that's that's great news for for Australians. Going like the palms are, are self exploding. You beauty, because. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we hate the palms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to sport, absolutely, you know, absolutely. No, no well, you, rivalry, you, you, you meet an Englishman down the pub, great friends. Yeah. Uh, on a sporting field, yeah. I'm sorry, mate. You know, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get this wrong. We we sit on exactly. The same I know path, you do. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so it, it very much works both ways. Um, but no, you know, let's see, uh, let's see, you know, where this uh, where this does unfold. Sadly, like you say, we've got the negative story coming out. We've also got that negative story of uh, some of those European countries that haven't yep. agreed a broadcast rights deal yes. with FIFA yet. Um, I've got lots of friends who who work uh, both on on both sides. Player, friends who are players and you know play for England as well as people who are in the, the media. A lot of my friends work for BBC or, or ITV, the leading broadcasters there. Yep. You know, and uh, you know, so there uh, there has been a lot of conversations. Uh, a lot of stuff has come late. Um, I mean, without question, the there the matches will be broadcast in in England without question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what and how that looks like and who is delivering the coverage um, uh, is yet is yet to be seen uh, but it's sad that something like that is uh, is getting in the way of this this tournament which is lining up we're in the the best environment um, of women's football right now and and it's really sad that we've got this story you know that's um, uh, you know leading the way uh, in our news channels yeah well again uh, um, I've got the article in front of me and as um Sarah Weedman says it, it, it's not for, for physiological 
issues. It's not for training. It, it's an extra couple of days for, for travel, which... Yeah, you know, it's jet lag. Yeah, they want to get over the jet lag. Exactly. And they want to be you know, yeah, super prepared. So actually, yeah, they're still going to start on the 23rd. They like, <laughs> but they just want to, um, like, yeah, depart or on the 19th. It's interesting, again, reading this article from The Athletic, that Beth Mead's gone, look, you know, this this is just a mess. This decision should be taken away from the players themselves because the players themselves, you know, yeah. they've got a, a thought process and, and that sort of thing. But but as you said, the, the, the investment that the FA have put in, particularly to the women's side of things, yeah. is without yeah. question. And if they've gone, yeah. this is the reasoning why, this is why we're doing it, it should yeah. just be, you know, again, Beth Mead says yeah. the, the decision to be taken away from players and if the decision's yeah. made, that's it, adhere to it or don't. But to, yeah. to, to put in, in jeopardy one of only two pre-World Cup friendlies yeah. is just crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, agreed, uh, agreed. Um, the, the whole thing is uh, is slightly insane. So, um, well, you know what, we'll, again, we'll watch this space, right, and we, <laughs> we'll see where it ends. I'm sure it'll come back on our topics of uh, of conversation um in not too um uh, not too far away yep yeah now uh the the germans have released so again the germans with their <laughs> dare i say <laughs> two, teutonic efficiency have released their world cup <laughs> squad they've actually named a uh, a 28 provisional squad um what's, what's your take oh, yeah. on that have you have uh, you seen that no i haven't seen that but um i'm hoping um lena oberdorf is in the squad uh, she just got announced this week as the UEFA Young Player of the Season. So um, uh, I don't know if you've got it in front of you there. Um, oh. Hugh, can you do a little bit of... Lena Oberdorf. So yes. uh, they've uh, they've named four keepers. So again, right. a lot of the, uh, t- the countries that are coming to the World Cup have done the same thing. They've named a 28... Uh, provisional yep. squad. And most of them, if not all of them, have named four keepers. Yep. Uh, oh, so you can guarantee that one of those is not going to be in the 23. Uh, I spoke yep. I spoke with uh, Tracy Wheeler earlier about the Australian situation there with the the, the four keepers named in the provisional Matilda squad. Three of them uh, are guaranteed number one starters for their club, and one's a development player. Um, and and that that development player isn't Te- isn't Tegan uh, Tegan Micah. But yeah, Oberdorf is is listed. So the the Germans let me have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So more than half their squad are midfield forwards. They've got Pop listed in the side. Leah Schuler's in the side. Uh, Sydney Lohman's in the side as well. That that's good news. Um, Clara Bull, she's in the side. Uh, the keepers they've got is um, Anne Katharine Berger, uh, Mel Fromms, Stina Johannes, and Ina Mohamatovic. So that's interesting. I, I would think it's maybe Mohamatovic is not going to be in that uh, 23. Yeah, she could be the one that uh, doesn't get selected. I mean, Great uh, pronunciation there, Hugh. I'm glad you did that, not me. Oh, ich kann Deutsch sprechen. Nicht wahr? Ein I'm Bischen. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen, Pat. Isn't that the correct pronunciation? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, so, but uh, you, I mean, I can't wait to see some of these these players uh, come over. Hugh, I love say I love watching the women's Euros last summer. The oh, best wasn't that of great? Football in Europe, and now we've got the best of women's football in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Can't wait. Forty days, forty-one days. Now I'm going to. So uh, I've got there. So the um, yeah, it's had the. Uh, where's that? It was the Dutch? I was looking. 
Oh, OK. It's changed to a different thing. Um, yeah, I was going to bring up the Dutch uh, squad because they've released theirs, but um, it's gone to more women's tickets for the World Cup. So more than 850,000 have already been sold. Yeah. And uh, we're looking to, to break the million uh, barrier uh, within within the next couple of days. It, it, it's certainly going to go that way. Um, and that will yep. be the most tickets sold for a female edition of the World Cup ever. Yep. You know what? It is a world record-breaking event. And just what an opportunity to be a part of it. Do not miss out, everybody. Like, it's going to be amazing. It'll be something that we'll talk about. You know, take your children along because this is a real once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Who knows when the best footballers in the world are coming back to these shores. Um, So, yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's early, and I'm sure you know how excited I am. Oh, no, hey, 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 <laughs> I've just I brought up that uh, that Dutch list because one of the um, uh, sad things about the upcoming uh, tournament is that Vivian Mediamma won't be uh, turning up. She's done her knee, so she's not going to be. So the Dutch all-time uh, leading goalscorer won't be in their squad due to injury. Which is yeah, that... yeah. That's a that's a that'll that'll hit them hard. Um, she's mm. a she's a uh, she's an awesome um, awesome player. Um, but um, again, the Dutch, the European uh, footballing nations, have led the way um, in uh, in female football development. They, like they re- they really have. I mean, luckily now England. Luckily for me now, England. <laughs> you know, are kind of on the same. You know, they're they're on that platform. Of course, they won. Euros last year, um, but uh, you know England as a as a nation for women's football have been a little bit behind the curve, um, and Europe have you know uh, the the mainland European teams have actually uh, you know led the way, and even the USA to some extent have led the way. You know there's a reason again that they're number one in the world, um, so it's uh, it's just such a great time for for women's football. Um, it really is, and we, we, you know, we, I watched the UEFA Champions League final last week, and uh, it was as good a football match yeah. as watching any of the, oh, the men. Yeah, yeah, football, yeah awesome. You know, and that's where that's the level we are now. Nobody's watching it, and again, we talk about the narrative has changed, and we're talking about the quality of football now. We're not talking about oh, they can't kick it as far, or the goalkeepers oh, not got yeah, as much yeah. flexibility. You know, all that kind of stuff. Thank goodness. Um, but of, you know, we, we've just we have become so far, and um, you know, ten years ago we weren't putting in the performances. So you know, the Alexandra Pop goal um, that was uh, that she scored last Oof. weekend was just incredible. Oh. You know, it's that was something that you know Erlen Harland's going to be proud of. Uh, and it, um, yeah. You know, Messi, whatever. It's it's a quality goal. It's up there, and it it makes no difference that she's female. And, you know, we're used to watching men's football. That was a stunner of a goal. And, and that's the quality that we're at now. We're watching. There, there are no poor, weak players and, you know, you know those teams now. Everybody's at such a high standard. Yep. Now, you've, you've mentioned the, the, the great man. Uh, what's your take on uh, Lionel Messi to Inter? Well, like, when I saw yes. that, I went, Inter, he's going to Italy. No. <laughs> no, he went into Miami. Into Miami. Yeah, so uh, I mean, if you were David Beckham, you sat. Uh, you are very happy. Apparently, his his the club is now worth six hundred million dollars or something crazy. Uh, their um, Instagram subscribers 
have literally gone into gazillions <laughs> overnight. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, uh, a great move for him in his career, in, you know, in his, in his time. Um, and his mates with David Beckham, clearly, I don't know if there was to be another reason, uh, you know, why he's gone over that side. Uh, there's, um, there's some ownership uh, issues is there as well. So it's not just the cash. He's doing basically, uh, and the MLS have this in their constitution, if you are a player of that magnitude, and it surprised me that uh, Benzema didn't get that, uh, that sort of offer as well, but if you are as Beckham was when he he joined LA Galaxy and as, obviously, <laughs> World Cup winning captain Lionel Messi is, they go, <laughs> rather than giving you a bucket load of cash, because um, Barcelona was saying, we, we could have signed him for free, but it would have taken 25 million euros out of our salary cap. Well, Inter-Miami yep. don't have 25 million euros to play Lionel Messi. You can guarantee yep. that. But what the uh, MLS have in their constitution is, well, we can't pay you that money, but what you will bring into this competition, what we will give you, is the opportunity to either buy into a, a franchise now or, as Beckham took, a future franchise. So into Miami, an expansion club, when Beckham signed at LA Galaxy, they went, we can't afford your wages that you can, you know, you obviously deserve, yep. but yep. here is locked in. One of the expansion clubs that come in, it, once you tick the boxes, you know, as Inter Miami had to, like you know, a, 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 a training facility, a stadium, that sort yep. of stuff. You yep. own it. You own it. So there you go. And yeah, yeah. Being, being so the basically, it's equity in the in the club, right? Equity in the in the competition, not so much equity in Inter Miami. It's, oh, e it's equity okay. into the competition. They're going well. Right. We will give you a club when we have the opportunity to expand, if that's what you want and of course um, there, there's not so much of an if because th the money's not there as you say he, he wanted to go back to well allegedly wanted to go back to uh, Barcelona to finish his career allegedly he didn't want to leave Barcelona to go to Paris Saint-Germain but um, with the uh, situation of um, financial fair play in Spain uh, it, when he said I'll take you know a 90% pay cut the league wouldn't allow that to occur in Spain. So that's why he had to leave to go to, to Paris. Um, and that's why he couldn't go back to Barcelona because, again, Barcelona don't have the available funds to pay, you know, <laughs> the current World Cup winning captain 25 million euros <laughs> per season. Um, yeah, but a great, great move. And the Americans are, you know, they're, they're I think from a male um, development perspective, they they are still keen to develop, you know, that sport in America, aren't they? Uh, you know, actually, their women's um, soccer, as they call it, the women's football, um, <laughs> the, the female team is, <laughs> is uh, a lot more successful than their men's team, and um, and you know, hopefully that this might, um, you know, this might help with a bit more development in their in their men's national. Well, again, the, the US men's national team. Um, have yet to fail to qualify for a World Cup since 90, uh, 98? 94. 94. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's a success that uh, the Socceroos would be happy to have. But, um, you know, you, you look at... Well, the Italians can't match that. The Dutch can't match that. You, you think, you know, what are you talking about? These are superstar sides in Europe. They go, no, no, since 94, we've not missed the World yeah. Cup. The yeah. fact that they're not done as well as their expectations is... You know, to be worked upon, obviously, but um, 
Yeah, again, if yeah. you look at the uh, the women's major league soccer, you've still got the likes of Marta playing in that uh, in that competition. You know, uh, yeah. Megan Raponi is still playing in that competition. So you, you can rock on down to your local um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. WMLS yeah. side and see... You know, yeah, <laughs> seen the greatest players. Yeah, multiple uh, you know, player of the year yeah. at your local yeah. club. And, and again, their, their, their thought process is not to align as the A-League have done, uh, align a women's team with a men's team. They've gone uh, independent franchises. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which is yeah, a, a discussion point for another day. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll put that one on the list. We'll put that one on the list, too. We're running out of time, Hayley. I can't believe no, it. That's... <laughs> Great to chat to you, as always. We didn't, um, we didn't even get to talk about West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely put that one on the list. No, we won't. No, we won't. No one wants to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anybody who's watching the uh, UEFA Men's Champions League final um, tonight, uh, enjoy, or tonight, tomorrow. Um, I, I get lost with the, the European time sometimes. Um, but, yeah, let's see, actually, Hugh, how that works out. I'm interested to see what that match turns out to be. Uh, come on, if, if that's not, um, you know, 6-0, like we saw with the uh, A-League yeah. men's final, well, 6-1, uh, I'll be very, very surprised. Inter Milan... Um, you know, very happy to get there, uh, as I say. Yeah, 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 yeah they'll, they'll, they'll take the... Uh, you, you, the beat, up you beat your local sure, rivals to, to play in a European Cup final, you're going, what a great season that is. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they've got the same opinion as most of the world going, yeah, now you've come up against the brick wall. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, um, but they'll enjoy the occasion, and, uh, and who knows? Um, let's hope they just give Man City a game because uh, a, a very much one-sided final none of us really want to watch, no matter who's playing. Well, well, maybe the Millers. Yeah, well, again, uh, but, but that being said, uh, Pep Guardiola was uh, signed to that uh, franchise, uh, that um, you know, that conglomerate of, of football, yeah. to, for, for one reason and one reason only. Yes, and that was to win your way for Champions League. Let, let's hope he doesn't go Pep ball again like he did last time and just make uh, you know, hugely stupid technical and tactical decisions and go, whoops, got that one wrong. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, yeah. it's a one-off final, son. You've got to get it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think he'll make the same mistake twice, right? Not really. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, many thanks for joining us. I really do appreciate our chats, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Uh, you stay welcome. safe, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Talk to you again soon. Have a lovely weekend. You bet I will. You too. Ta-da. All right. Bye now. Bye. That was the superstar. That is Hayley Roach, the Rotherham number one football hold, uh, ticket holder. Uh, I'll go through some... Um, Fixtures, I uh, went through the women's uh, NPL fixtures. The NPL men's fixtures today is Perth Red Star versus Perth Soccer Club at Red Star Arena. These are all 3pm kickoffs. Sorrento FC will take on Bayswater at Percy Doyle. Coburn City will take Armadale at Dalmatic Park. The Perth Glory will play Balcatta Etna at Larkhill Sportsplex. Inglewood United versus Flory Athena. So that's one not to be missed. If you're thinking about a game, there's one to get to. That's at Inglewood Stadium. And Olympic Kingsway will take on Sterling Macedonia. Uh, last week's results, if I have last week's results, no, that's not the one I want. The last week's results were, sorry, in the NPL, Perth Glory 1, Flory Athena 3, Perth Soccer Club 6, Bayswater City 1, Sterling Macedonia 0, Inglewood 4, Coburn City 2, Balcata Etna 2, Armadale SC 2, Sorrento FC 3 and Perth Red Star 6. 
Olympic Kingsway 1. And that has the ladder currently with Perth Red Star top of the table by a point on 20 points after 11 games played. Sterling Macedonia in second place, Bayswater City in third place and at the bottom end of the table. And there is literally uh, four points separating bottom of the table from third place, Bayswater City. Sorrento, uh, bottom of the table at the moment on 13 points. Same amount of points as Florida Athena in 11th place. Inglewood on 14 and as I say all the way up to Balcata and Bayswater City in third and fourth on 17 points so it's still very very much to play for. Len is here he will be taking over with Bags Groove in just a moment many thanks for having me my name is Hugh Best I have been your host for the last two hours we have been here thanks to our wonderful supporters and sponsors of the World Football Program, Futsal WA the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for your custom-built ornamental and security fencing, front and side gates and electronic gate setup, and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all related hardware and automation packages. And apologies for not getting to the uh, condom ball coppers. I was going to talk about them, but time's got away from me. It's coming up to the top of the hour, noon here in Perth. Thank you for having me. We'll be back again next week. At the same time, 10am till noon on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for The World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.